Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. And today's podcast will be about July 22nd through 28th. It is uh, Thursday evening right now, the 21st. We're multitasking while there's a movie screening. Yes. Andrew and I are getting paid to do this right now. <laughs> Yay! Yay! It's like we're professionals. Uh, right now there's a, a rental of a local Ottawa shot movie Mm-hmm. screening, which is always fun because I think I've said it before, but it, you know, gets all the mums and dads and everybody else. Usually it's a nice yeah. big crowd. Everyone's excited. Yeah. It's usually a family affair. People are dressed up. So we have that going now. And then tonight will be our final screening of the Palma, mm-hmm. which I'm not watching because I'm working. <laughs> and, uh, but you saw it. You, you like that? It's one? really good. Yeah. yeah. It's like a two hour film school. Is it just, I mean, we're talking about a movie we're not screening, but is it just, uh, talking is it just it's just a palma talking yeah. to the camera and uh well that and clips of his films yeah and some cool archive footage and stuff behind the scenes and whatnot and it's it's really entertaining and if you're a De Palma fan it's a must but you know even if you're a film student it's like really an invaluable yeah film lesson I did get to see Phantom of the Paradise which was pretty cool yeah it's great it's it's so like of its time it's so like the at the opening of it it feels like Greece yeah but then everybody just just the hairstyles the look everything is just such like a that mid-70s independent and when was this was like before he did Carrie or anything right? yeah it was like, the film he did before Carrie yeah, yeah. 1974 but and yeah. it was pre-Rocky Horror Picture Show oh that's interesting yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna. A couple of the Rocky Horror guys who I'm friends with. I was uh, of the absent friend shadow cast. Yeah. I was gonna ask them if they'd seen it because it had the feel of a movie that, if it would have veered left instead of right, it could have become the Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's the same kind of like I could imagine a shadow cast in wardrobe, uh, singing along. Oh, yeah. and, and mocking this film, and and it's interesting what what becomes cult and what doesn't because because phantom definitely does have a cult but not rocky horror style like mm-hmm. not the caliber of that mm-hmm. and man it felt like a rocky horror picture show kind of thing mm-hmm. that's interesting that it predates it well it's interesting it was not a huge hit in most cities like new york it was a total bomb but in I think, paris france and winnipeg manitoba yeah it was a huge hit and in winnipeg it's got a rocky horror like following right. still to this day that's so interesting. The yeah, I watched the Paul Williams documentary a couple years back, mm-hmm. and yeah, they, they mentioned Winnipeg. Or they're in Winnipeg. Yeah, he like goes a, to he went to Winnipeg for a screening. That's so it's it's so it's so funny how like in Ottawa we have the Room and the Absent Friend Shadowcast for Rocky mm-hmm. Horror, and Winnipeg they have Phantom of the Paradise, yeah, and yeah. I guess other cities might have. You know, like I'm sure Baltimore has like a John Waters kind mm-hmm. of more midnight movie kind of thing, and mm-hmm. it's interesting to see what film base grabs on to which cult movie. Yeah, it's a city-to-city city thing in a lot of ways. Like, we, we have tried with a few other ones, whether it be um, Sharknado, Birdemic, mm-hmm. uh, Neil Breen stuff. Yeah. And we've had some success with it, but kind of not the success to instigate bringing it back once a month. Yeah, the, uh, Sharknado and films like that were usually just one-offs. Yeah. They didn't sustain, you know. Yeah. And and Sharknado, when we screened it, it was like the perfect time. Like we had a, a giant crowd, 
really excited people. And then we screened, do we screen it again or part two? And we did part two. Part two. And it did okay, but like the thrill was gone. And now they're on to part four. I yeah. Think. I haven't even seen part, people were like, are you going to get part three? But we didn't even get the opportunity. They didn't mm-hmm. even bother trying to get it yeah. a little theatrical run. And I would love to screen more of these modern kind of, there is no drive-in classics anymore, but that caliber of film is Lloyd Kaufman and yeah. is Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. But a lot of that stuff just isn't really getting theatrical push. No. And even last time we had Lloyd here, it was great. It was so great having him here, but we didn't have a lineup around the block, no. unfortunately. And even Lloyd is very uh, self-deprecating about that, knowing that, mm-hmm. you know, he's lucky if, if 50 people show up, that's great. But mm-hmm. it's unlikely that 325 people are going to show up. But yeah, it's interesting to see what catches on. And, and that was really De Palma's... I mean, so many of his movies can be considered cult, but that was kind of... After that, he quickly got into Carrie and then just a few years later, yeah, Untouchables. And, yeah, doing... Uh, recreating the Hitchcock style of yeah. methodical filmmaking. And he talks a lot about Hitchcock in, in the documentary and how Vertigo was a huge influence on him. Yeah. Oh, I got to see that. I might sneak in sometime off mm-hmm. the record. Don't tell anybody. Watch that. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Uh, so speaking of documentaries, we can uh, get into what we have this week at the Mayfair. Uh, again, that's from July 22nd through 28th, 2016, if you're listening to this in the future. Uh, so one of the premieres, one of the Ottawa premieres we have this week is the Frank Zappa documentary, Eat That Question. Speaking of musical-themed films... It is about, of course, musical legend Frank Zappa and kind of a bit more of a clip documentary mm-hmm. uh, going through his career. I know just from seeing the trailer, there's even like some, some I, I believe, some CBC Canadian footage. Yeah, when, from the 60s, from like this hour as seven days or something. Yeah. It's like a, it's a compilation of all of his TV interviews in chronological order. So you see yeah. the evolution of his career because he did so many TV interviews. And I know, too, there's, when I heard we had this one, I had thought it was the Alex Winter documentary uh, of Bill and Ted fame. Mm-hmm. He is in the midst of or finished up doing a successful Kickstarter to do a Frank Zappa documentary. So if you're knowledgeable of that one, that's not this one. This is a different Frank Zappa documentary. Uh, maybe we'll have that other one in the, in the future on the horizon. Uh, it's interesting how, whether it be end of the world Movies like Armageddon and Deep Impact or movies like Ants and uh, Bugs Life. Movies sometimes come in twos or threes. Yeah. And, and this one, so there's the Alex Winter one coming and this one out pretty near to each other. Uh, or it's like when we had the, uh, there was a couple of Kurt Cobain movies fairly near to mm-hmm. each other. But yeah, this will be interesting. I'm not, I admit I'm not super knowledgeable of Frank Zappa except for just knowing the icon and legend of Frank Zappa. Yeah. But I'm not super familiar with his music. Um, I've seen his kids in more stuff, really, either on talk shows like Conan or weird stuff they've done in the past 10 years or so. They're all pretty active in independent arts production Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But, yeah, so that's coming up starting uh, Saturday the 23rd at 8.30, and we have that for a couple shows. The other Ottawa premiere this week is called Blackway. It's with Anthony Hopkins and seems to be a old guy revenge kind of film. 
Uh, old guy revenge. Old guy revenge film. film. I was saying earlier, Andrew and I uh, were chatting about it, and I said the first thing that came to mind was Liam Neeson, but then of course, the old guy revenge genre is nothing new because you can go back to Clint Eastwood or um, the Death Wish Charles films, Bronson. Charles Bronson, yeah. and so this has uh, Julia Stiles, Ray Liotta, and it's from the director of two of the. Uh, what would you call them? The, girl, the Hornet's Nest the trilogy. Hornet's Nest trilogy the, the Girl Trilogy. The, yeah. And uh, whose name is Daniel Alfredson, no mm-hmm. relation to the hockey player. Yes. Which is weird. Every time I've, I... I remember a couple years ago, we had the the three Hornet's Nest movies pretty f- close together. Like, those movies came out, I think, within, like, two years of each other. I've only seen the, the David Fincher remake. I, I haven't seen any of the original. The original... I seem to recall really liking the first one and then diminishing returns on the second and third one. Mm-hmm. And not horrible, but just kind of fell down a little bit. Um, it's weird because then they did the David Fincher movie, and I don't think it did great. So I, Yeah, because they didn't do any of the, the follow-ups. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it's... Studios get cocky nowadays sometimes, and it's even with, like, with David Fincher on it, uh, who has a good track record, but admittedly not a great box office record because Fight Club mm-hmm. didn't make any money, and I don't think the game made any money. Well, Social Network, certainly. Social Network, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think they're going to do any more of the Hornet's Nest films. But um, yeah, Blackway comes from the director of a couple of those. And yeah, it is, it's like a dark dark thriller with Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. getting revenge. He's an old man, basically it's... This logging community in Ray Liotta is a psychopath who's kind of a small crime kingpin. And Julia Stiles is a young woman who is being stalked by him. So she teams up with Hannibal Lecter and uh, Alexander Ludwig, who I'm not an actor I'm not too familiar with. And yeah. <laughs> they decide to team up to kick his ass and it's funny that take revenge. This genre... Man, I don't know if you can call it a comeback, because however long that Liam Neeson's been beating up people now, it's been quite a Are while. Are there four Taken movies now? Y- yeah. I feel like there's... No, I think there's just three, but it feels like there's four or five Well, it's now. confusing, because there's like three Taken movies, but then there's other movies that are the exact same thing as Taken, yeah. but not called Taken. Yeah. Because he did like one on a plane, and one yeah. where he fights wolves, and yeah. they're all like... And it's so funny, because this is the guy who's in Schindler's List, and somehow he became a senior citizen action star yeah. <laughs> like, but uh, and now like they're doing another Death Wish which with Bruce Willis man like those Death Wish movies are they're they're cult classics but I find them really hard to watch sometimes not of their quality but they're so dark and mm, so violent well, the, the rape scenes in them are pretty hard to watch especially in the first two they're and, really like yeah elongated and really graphic and I watch them fairly near to each other and when you do, you're like, oh my god, this character. Like, I can't remember the chain of events, but like, in one, his wife dies, and then in one, his daughter dies, mm. and then in one, his new girlfriend, girlfriend dies. Girlfriend dies. It's he had, crazy. Yeah. He had a, a girlfriend in the third one who gets killed. His girlfriend, yeah. his girlfriend in the second one doesn't get killed, and it's played by his wife Yeah. in real life. And the third one, is his girlfriend gets killed. And the fourth one, his other girlfriend gets killed. Man, stay away so from that guy. So he's got bad luck. And I, yeah, no, and in the fifth one, yeah. His, he, yeah, so his wife, his daughter, and his three subsequent girlfriends were snubbed out. 
And he, and he seems to kind of take it in stride. Like he's kind of yeah, he wasn't the most demonstrative actor. So, no. but uh, but yeah. So, Blackway uh, Revenge Thriller Anthony Hopkins starts uh, Friday, July twenty second at eight thirty, and check online for more showtimes. We also have a new film to us this week is called Dark Horse. Not to be confused with the thirty other movies called Dark yeah, Horse. the thirty one of which we showed a few months ago. Yeah, this is a film actually about a horse. Yeah, this is a documentary. Kind of akin to that that theme that shows up in in British films often of a, a small blue collar town doing something to raise the hopes or raise funds mm-hmm. for something. Uh, movies like you know Full Monty or Brastoff or that kind mm-hmm. of genre. Uh, so this is a documentary, so uh, an actual true story versus a based on a true story, uh, or as true as a documentary can even get sometimes of. I believe it's, from what I've seen, it's a, yeah, like a small town, blue collar workers who have a horse and they train that horse and get it into uh, highbrow racing. And so I'm sure... Like a Seabiscuit story. Yeah. And I, and I bet you it goes, well, it's either a Rocky story or a Seabiscuit story, but <laughs> I bet you it's edge of your seat. That's another thing. Andrew and I were chatting about uh, some video game films... And even if you're not really interested in the subject matter, like I don't really play video games. Neither do I. Uh, but I also really don't care about baseball. But I don't think there's a baseball movie that I don't mm-hmm. like. And so it's just a matter of having that that suspense and the good characters and a good documentary filmmaker can do that. So even if I would never really sit down and watch a horse race, I'm still interested in seeing this film. Mm-hmm. because All about the storytelling. Yeah, and it won... It won Best Documentary at Sundance mm-hmm. and was nominated for their Grand Jury Prize. So it has some good... Uh... And the name of the horse is Dream Alliance. Oh. Which sounds like an 80s prog rock band. Yeah. It sounds like somebody who could like, open for... Yes. Yes. <laughs> Back in like 1983. <laughs> or Genesis. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's one of our new films this week. We also have... What's that? Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Which you've seen. I have seen it. This is a pretty crazy flick. It's what is it? It's a <laughs> romantic supernatural. Yeah, um, yeah supernatural. Uh, Castaway meets um, like something Louise Bunuel would do. Are you familiar with Louise no. Bunuel? Surrealistic. Okay, yeah. Filmmaker. He did movies like Discreet Charm of the Bourgeois. And I was um, more on page when you with you when you said it was more like. Um, I probably made a better comparison before. Oh, shoot. What's the 80s movie with the dead guy? Oh, Weekend of Bernie's. Weekend of Bernie's. That's <laughs> been getting Weekend of Bernie's comparison. That, I was like, oh, yes, the fine film Weekend of Bernie's. Yes, I because remember that one. Paul Dano is stranded on an island. Yeah. And he's about to commit suicide because he just can't take it anymore. He can't, mm-hmm. st- he can't survive. And then uh, Daniel Radcliffe, this corpse, washes ashore. Uh, he seems dead at first, but he is very flatulent and then eventually is able to move and talk and, and they becomes have a, his companion. They have a wacky misadventure. Yeah. They become survival buddies. That's and there's a big twist at the end, so it's not all yeah. that it seems. So oh, I'm looking yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I really yeah. as someone who's not really a fan not not a fan of, of Harry Potter. I saw the films, they were good, mm. but I'm not gonna be watching them over and over again and I'm not really dying to see any new spin offs of it or whatever. But I really appreciate that, like, Daniel Radcliffe is 
I don't think he's 30 years old. Uh, he Getting there be, if he's not 30. And he has all the money. He, he, all he, the money. He's got all the money. He, he's like the richest person from the UK who's not royalty. It's something crazy like that. Yeah. And his post-Harry Potter career, he's been doing like Broadway shows, weird TV miniseries, and independent film. Mm-hmm. And doing like little cameos in fun stuff like um, Amy Schumer's film and stuff like that. Too. Oh, right, right. And, uh, but like I really liked Horns. Uh, the kind of, that was kind of a romantic horror film that he did. And then this one, like they're not making a ton of money. They're real like actor pieces, real cult films. Mm-hmm. And I bet you some of his agents and managers are like, are you sure you don't want to do something else? But yeah, I really respect that he's kind of, you know, good news. He's got all the money, so he can do whatever he wants. And he's doing cool little movies like this. Mm-hmm. And we got it pretty fast. Like, I think it's only, it's a 2016 film. Yeah, it's only been out for about a week or a week or two here in Ottawa. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty new. And that that's an example of a, a flop for the mass multiplex well i don't know if it was really a flop i know you know it's in limited release i think it might be doing, I don't yeah know and, and, and i'm sure it didn't cost 200 million dollars no. or whatever but yeah movies that don't catch on we get them and sometimes do really well with them still mm-hmm. because we don't have to show it six times a day for eight weeks we're showing it for a week maybe two somebody actually asked me if we were going to hold it over and the answer is always we don't know yet mm-hmm. um but we'll see maybe if it does really well and we get lots of requests uh, we could hold it over and show it for a week in August, but let us know. But do your best to try and come see it the three nights we have it. Uh, Saturday the 24th is the first night, then there's a, two more screenings after that. Mm-hmm. What else? We have... Our Kind of Traitor, which is uh, from the writer of Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy. This Ooh. is a espionage thriller. Espionage thr- I can't talk. You got it. Try espionage thriller. You did it. <laughs> I swear to God, I have a speech impediment. Um, yeah, this is a film that we're holding over for a second week. I have not seen it yet, but it's got a really great cast. Ewan McGregor, Stellan. We seem to show like almost every Ewan yeah. McGregor movie. He's pretty regular here. Well, and and Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, we, and we've got a Stellan Skarsgård coming up again. Taken like old man action movie coming up. Coming up, yeah. Called In Order of Disappearance. Yeah. So two 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 actors who are here frequently. And, uh, yeah, I know it's, it's based on a book, uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which is an amazing movie. Uh, so this one, uh, I'm, I'm going to come see this basically because I really like Ewan McGregor. And I do like Who the, doesn't? I know. Like, if you don't like Ewan McGregor, you can not like movies that Ewan is in. But he's one of those guys who just, like, it's like every once in a while I hear somebody doesn't like Tom Hanks. And I'm like, what do you mean? You, you cannot like movies he's you in. You don't like Scientology? What's wrong with what, you? No, that's not Tom Hanks. You're thinking of... <laughs> Tom Cruise. Did you say Tom Cruise? What? I say Tom Hanks. Oh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Wow. I heard Tom Cruise. <laughs> You've got Tom Cruise on the brain. Well, Tom Hanks is not. Uh, he's not into the, no. the Dianetics. He's a good American boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So holding over our kind of traitor. Uh, have that all week. So check show times for that one. Uh, the last one we have on our current schedule is our latest edition of the Mayfair Kids Club, uh, the Dark Crystal, which is. The early 80s classic from Frank Oz and Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, even if you don't love, you know, fantasy films or the, or the script or it's just not your kind of thing, 
is just a cinematic masterpiece in the accomplishment of its way before computer graphics. Mm-hmm. And it's all puppets, not a human in the film, uh, all monsters and models and sets. And, and just the scope of it is amazing. Mm-hmm. And when you look at a film a little bit more modern, like Lord of the Rings, there's the technology is a little bit easier, the camera equipment's a little bit better, the computer graphics are there, so you could do things like dragons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But in a movie like Dark Crystal, it's what you see is all in camera. That was all there. And really one of those 80s kids' movies, there was this run of kids' movies when I was a little, little kid, and it's Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, Willow, Ladyhawk, Legend. None of them were really big hits. But for people my age, you remember them. And, and then did you mention Dragonheart? Dragonheart, With yeah. Sean Connery doing the voice of well, a dragon? Yeah, Dragonheart was like 10 years after yeah. these movies. But, yeah. but it, it's all these great movies that flopped is why Lord of the Rings was so hard to produce because anybody could just point at it and be like, George Lucas and Ron Howard and Jim Henson tried to make all these yeah. movies and none of them made money for us. So yeah. you want us to make three? You know, so you could see how it's so funny because now there's such cash cows. But um, at the time, the genre was really hard to, to get people to come see. Uh, so yeah, so that's our, our kids club, which means if you're a kid, you can buy a membership for 10 bucks, get in for free for a year. We'll have one screening a month. And if you're a grown up, you're welcome to come just at normal prices. And our next two kids club screenings are, are equally exciting. We booked them early just because we had space and got them figured out. But next month in August, it is The Iron Giant. And it's actually, it's not called the director's cut, but it has, it's called like the platinum edition or the something edition. I forget what it's called, but... Signature edition. Signature edition. It's so funny. They don't just say director's cut or special edition. The signature edition. Mm-hmm. So it's... It sounds, sounds fancy. Yeah, it's... it's tiny little bit longer it's like four minutes longer mm-hmm. there's a couple more scenes in it and then all kind of the normal stuff of touched up the sound touched up the the, the color in the picture and stuff like that uh it's it's a real animation masterpiece that not a ton of people have seen mm-hmm. and was really one of the nails in the coffin for the death of 2d animation mm-hmm. because it came out and then i remember people loving it like it oh, got great reviews yeah. and yeah but at the time, I remember it cost, I'm just making this up, but it cost like, you know, $75 million mm. and, and made like 10 And so like it, it right. just tanked. And there were other movies ready to go from Warner Brothers. Um, like cool stuff. Like one was like Jason and the Argonauts. Mm. And there you can find like pre-production work on it. And it all just got tossed out because they're like, well, that didn't make any money. And then there was like, Titan A.E. and a couple other films. And then, I remember Titan A.E. Yeah, and then Disney gave up on it. Disney yeah. kind of stopped doing it. But it's it's really, you know, if you're a fan of animation or science fiction, if you haven't seen this film yet or if you've only seen it on the small screen, this is a really cool, rare chance to get to see it. Uh, and then our September offering for the Kids Club is Batman 1966, mm-hmm. their 50th anniversary. And uh, so another... And this will be... We, we sadly, the last time we screened this maybe two or three years ago, it was on film, but it was just dying. It was mm-hmm. just its last run. And luckily we had an audience with a good sense of humor who laughed every time that there was a big hiccup in the in the Yeah, missing scene. frame or whatnot. 
So this will be a nice digital restoration. It, it looks amazing. The colors are all so beautiful. Uh, so come out and celebrate the 50th anniversary of Adam West Batman in uh, September. And we've got a bunch of other stuff coming up too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said earlier, In Order of Disappearance yes. with Stellan Skarsgård. I love the poster for this movie. Yeah, it's a rare, nice poster. It looks like a 70s revenge th- uh, thriller. And it's, See, uh, I still have trouble saying that. It's uh, Fargo-esque, I have read. Uh, well, there, there's a quote here. Uh, like, Death Wish set in Fargo. Cool. But funnier and bloodier. Oh, I guess um, Stellan Skarsgård's son in the film uh, falls prey to drugs and uh, the drug yeah. underworld, and he decides to uh, arm himself and uh, find out the mystery beside, uh, behind his son's death. So he becomes a bit of a Charles Bronson, Sweden-style. Um, <laughs> Part of our ongoing old guy's revenge old, series. Old guy, old guy revenge movie, yeah. Tale of Tales premieres on September 2nd. That is the new film from the director of Wild Tales. Wild Tales was great. And it's with John C. Riley, Selma Hayek, and Vincent Cassell. And it's like an anthology, medieval anthology film. Yeah, so weird. So it's like, and I think it's got like full-blown, speaking of dragons, it's got like a dragon in it. And it's oh, like, wow. I think it's a really... But it's like an adult thing. A, yeah. It's not, not, not for the family. Don't bring the kids. It's like a really dark, you know, kind of Shakespearean backstabbing kind of mm. thing. Um, and it's, it's, if you, if you saw Wild Tales, which was evilly funny, uh, I still haven't seen Wild Tales. It's so good. It's, 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 we showed that for like three or four weeks and yeah. I remember like people, I guess a lot of people were into it, but there were a lot of walkouts. Like it was yeah. really like offending a lot of people. It's, it's so, I remember working one afternoon or one evening we were screening it and I was just kind of, it was, we were, we had all the work done, was sitting in the box office reading or something and Man, like maybe a dozen people. Nobody asked for their money back, but just people were just leaving. People were just going. And that happened again recently. There was something we screened where... Neon Demon? Neon Demon. That's exactly what it was. People were walking out of that, I imagine. Yeah, I missed that because I was I missed it. Yeah, I was out of town. I missed that one. But that's another, like, you're either going to love this or be disgusted by it. I remember, what was it? A few years back, the Willem Dafoe was in it, and it's... um, Who's the director that's always offensive? He did... Uh, oh, was this um, Lars von Trier? Lars von Trier, um, exactly. Antichrist? Antichrist, yeah. Because yeah. we didn't show any of the necro... Not necromania. Uh, no. Infomania. No. We screened, we screened Antichrist, and then we missed a few, but that one... I'm watching it with a f- couple friends of mine, and there's a really horrific scene amidst... Mm. Amidst, amidst? Amongst? There you go. Amongst a bunch of other horrific scenes. Yeah. He loses. Uh, I, he loses an appendage. Yeah. Appendage. And I heard from, and not like, not like a fun scream at like you know a Nightmare on Elm Street where somebody screams and then the audience laughs and everyone's. It's like, like a wince. Yeah. It's like a. Ugh. And I heard two people from separate ends of the theater scream, and pretty sure get scarred for life and were never coming back to a movie again. Mm. Like it just was horrific. So yeah, it's like it, it's it's movies do have the power to make people. Leave. Make yep. people give up on something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Tales of Tales might have some of that in it. It'll be interesting uh, to see what the the crowd reaction to that. The, the mix of popular yet offensive. Speaking of offensive movies. Good segue. We have a, uh, not a new John Waters movie, nope. but an old lost John Waters movie. Yep. Pre-Pink Flamingos and Polyester yeah. Hairspray. 
because we showed. I don't think we showed Pink Flamingos. I know the I saw it at the Bytown years ago. Yeah, we did show Polyester with the scratch and sniff cards, which was amazing. Yeah, um, th- we are showing a re-release of his 1970 film Multiple Maniacs. Yeah. with Divine and his Dreamland it cast. Amazing. It's in black and white. Um, yeah, it it looks fantastic. And John Waters, films we like is restoring. Yeah, it. and I read I, I cut and paste the blurb over to our website, but. John Waters is uh, very ecstatic about it. And mm-hmm. He was basically saying how, like, now his horrible, essentially a student film looks like some beautiful John Cassavetes art house movie now or something. Yeah, he said it looks like a bad John. Ca- yeah, yeah, it's a bad yeah. John Cassavetes. <laughs> and it's um, yeah, it's like 1970. He was super young, like he was like 23 or yeah, 24. still learning, still cutting his teeth, learning how to make yeah. film. You know, and I, I, I love him. I just mm. he's. Yeah, and, and I, I wish he, he was still working, but it's it's you know making movies is hard, and I know he has tried to do a couple of things in the past mm-hmm. couple of years, but he has put his efforts towards writing some really great books and hosting some weird TV shows, and he's uh, he's in my favorite episode of The Simpsons. So yeah. he's he's still got a cultural footprint for sure, mm-hmm. but uh, will be amazing. To hopefully people will come out and support this kind of thing yeah. because this is. An amazing get for us. Yeah, September seventeenth. It starts. That's a that's a must. And I always say, like people say, "Oh, are you gonna?" I, it hasn't happened yet, but people always will say, "Like, oh, are you gonna show Crybaby?" And it's like, well, if this does really well, did we show Crybaby? I did we do a John Waters festival? We, I feel we did. We did. We I did think, a David Lynch festival years. Ago. I think we were only able to get a, some of the more modern stuff. Yeah, and this, this, it's a blur. But I believe we screened. Serial Mom <laughs> and Cecil B. Demented, I think. Yeah. But I might be making that up. But look, look back in our archives. But I yeah. think I think those two. Uh, but Multiple Maniacs has probably never played here ever. No, and it's, although it's 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 an auto premiere of this release print for sure. But it, it yeah, probably I, didn't I get much here. much distribution like, compared to his other films. Even when I was trying to find a poster to use for our advertising. I was finding like VHS boxes and bootlegs or uh, I'm going to post them, but like the actual um, like posters that John Waters made to put on like telephone poles back mm-hmm. in Baltimore. Like, yeah. So copies of those, but yeah, it's just a real rare treat if you're a film nerd. Just yeah. Come out and check this out. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. Cool. But so I think that's about it for this. That's week. yeah. For more information about the Mayfair theater and uh, upcoming films, Go to our website, mayfairtheater.ca, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Everything. Everything. Uh, maybe Snapchat one of these days. Maybe we'll get a, <laughs> we'll get a Snapchat account. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. Audible.com. Audibletrial.com slash Mayfair Theater Podcast. You can download a free audiobook. Go download a John Waters book. Yeah, go download a John Waters. He does do his own audiobooks. He does. They're excellent. Too. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like listening to a one-man show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his latest one, his most recent, is Carsick. Yeah, this weird where hitch- hitchhike across America. Yeah, yeah, really good, really cool. And uh, go visit our friends at House of Targa across the street. Uh, they'll be presenting. We kind of brought up video game movies a little bit earlier. They will be presenting Man vs. Snake soon here at the Mayfair, mm-hmm. which is a cool video game documentary. And they'll be uh, giving us some prizes and stuff for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next time.